Chapter Thirteen of Frank Merriwell at Yale or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale or Freshman Against Freshman by Burdell Standish. Chapter Thirteen Jubilant Freshman. Spat! Merriwell staggered. Down you go. Browning followed the freshman closely, launching out again with the full expectation that the second blow would be a settler. Frank had been taken slightly off his guard so that he had failed in getting away from the first blow, but he skillfully ducked the second, countering as the king's fist passed over his shoulder. Browning reeled backward, having received a terrific crack on the ear. If Frank had not been slightly dazed, he might have followed the sophomore closely, but he was a bit slow in getting after Bruce. For a few seconds, the boys gave an exhibition of scientific sparring, which would have proved very interesting to their comrades if all had not been too busy to watch them. Frank Merriwell continued to laugh, and it had been said at Yale that he was most dangerous in an encounter when he laughed. You came near doing it, Brownie, he admitted, but it was rather tricky on your part. I wasn't looking for a fight. You will get many things you are not looking for before you have been at Yale much longer, returned the king. Think so. Dead sure. The two lads seemed to be very evenly matched, save that Merriwell was the more cat-like on his feet. Browning was solid, and it took a terrific blow to stagger him. Merriwell was plainly the more scientific. He could get in and away from his foe in a more successful manner, but he saw that in the confined limits of a ring Browning's rush would be difficult to escape what the result of this encounter might have been cannot be told for two freshmen suddenly appeared and gave the alarm that at least a hundred sophomores were coming in a body to aid their comrades a moment later the sophs appeared hurrying along the street toward the scene of the encounter umpty seven umpty seven rah 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 then the signal was given for the freshmen to break away and take to flight which they promptly did Oh, soft, oh, my poor soft, cried many taunting voices. Good evening, gentlemen, called Bandy Robinson. Shall I toss you down soap and towels? Say, fellows, cried Lucy Little, don't you think it is rather warm out this evening? Hello, hello, shouted Rattleton. Has it been rainy, or did we have a small shower? Then Merriwell's beautiful baritone voice pitched the chorus of a familiar negro melody, in which the triumphant and delighted freshman joined. Get her away from der window, my love and my dove. Get away from der window, dain't ye hey? Come ye around some outer time, for dear's gone ter be er fight, and darlin be razzers er flyin' through de air. The sophomores retired to a safe distance and then challenged the freshmen to come out and fight. They called them cowards and other things, but the freshmen laughed and taunted them in return is er king browning present yelled a freshman leaning out of a window if so i'd like to inquire if he means to attend the party this evening if he does said another freshman he will be able to obtain a dress suit down at cohen's von thaler beriefen to gentlemen well wait till we get at you you fresh ducks shouted back an angry sophomore we'll make you sweat for this go on you're only fooling sang the freshman We'll show you we're not fooling, excitedly declared Punch Swallow. We'll scalp a few of you. Ah, cried Bandy Robinson, he is a bad man. 
methinks i can detect his cloven foot you're wrong laughed merriwell but you may have been near enough at some time to detect his cloven breath the three freshmen who were leaning out one of the upper windows repeated in chorus punch brother punch with care punch in the presence of the passenger another freshman shouted say swallows give us a lock of your hair it'll save the expense of gas in my room i'd like a lock of it too declared another i'm troubled with rats and i haven't any paris green handy oh rats yelled twenty voices hello parker cried little i hear you were held up last night is it true oh yes said rattleton he'd been down to maury's and that was the way he got home but oh what a difference in the morning sang the freshman ask rattleton if he means to join the indians called the soft or will he sue for damages put another oh say groaned dismal jones that's the worst i ever heard it's enough to give one heart failure come out and fight come out and fight urged the sophomores you don't dare to come out and fight you will have to excuse us this evening gentlemen said merriwell suavely we have done our best to entertain you and we will see you again at some other date you are certain to see me again assented browning you ran away or we would have settled matters between us this evening as it is i am going to watch my opportunity to do you fairly and squarely when i am done with you one of us will be beautifully licked and that one will not be king bruce declared andy emery say 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 sputtered rattleton i'll go you a shot that it is i'll stand you a supper for twenty at any place you'll name that merriwell knocks the everlasting stuffing out of browning done returned emery you name plime and taste i mean time and place and we'll be there you bet declared harry all we want is a fair deal you'll get that assured browning this little affair shall be arranged very soon the sooner the better don't delay on our account the sophomore seeing it was useless to linger there and be taunted by the freshmen began to stroll away one by one up in merriwell's room rattleton got down his banjo and began to put it in tune a merry party gathered there one of the strings snapped and as he was putting on another harry fell to laughing what are you laughing at asked bandy robinson down at the table tonight explained harry merriwell was poking his finger into the butter i asked him what he was doing that for and he said he was only feeling its muscle the boys who dined in the house appreciated that and there was a general laugh then harry adjusted the string and placed the banjo in tune pretty soon the boys were singing bingo uppity nelly was a lady and other college songs every one of them seemed familiar with patty duffy's cart and its pretty chorus twinkling stars are laughing love laughing on you and me while your bright eyes look into mine peeping stars they seem to be such glorious days and such merry nights will never come again to those who have known them here's to good old yale End of chapter 13